and welcome to New Walking Spaces, the podcast of the Ghost Action Project, the geography of New Walking Spaces and the impact on the periphery. My name is Emmanuel Costa and I'm your host. In this podcast, you will hear all about the activities, news and debates developed within the scope of this Ghost Action, which provides an interdisciplinary perspective on New Walk Spaces. More specifically, today we're going to start to understand a little more about this whole process. What is a Ghost Action? Why a Ghost Action on New Walking Spaces? What activities are taking place? What are the expected results? To help answer these and other questions, uh, no one is better than the people responsible for this project, right? So that's why in today's episode, I'm pleased to welcome Professor Ilaria Mariotti, Associate Professor in the Department of Architecture and Urban Studies at Politecnico di Milano in Italy and Action Chair of East Coast Action. Also, Dr. Pavel Badner, Head of the Department of Regional Development, Public Administration and Law at the Thomas Bata University in the Czech Republic and Vice Action Chair of the Coast Action. And Dr. Mina Di Marino, Associate Professor of Urban and Regional Planning at the Norwegian University of Life Sciences in Norway. Let's give them a warm welcome. Hello, Ilaria. How are you doing? I'm Manuel. Well, thank you. Today in Milan, it's uh, snowing. Snowing. I cannot say the same thing here as it's 9 a.m. and it's already 22 degrees. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Thanks, Ilaria, for joining us. I have also here Pavel. Hi, Pavel. Welcome aboard. How are you? So, thank you very much for the invitation. It's the same condition like in Ilaria in Italy. So the Czech Republic is now covered by snow. I hope that uh, we will have it perfect podcast here. Thank you. Thank you. And last but not least, hi, Mina. How are you doing today? Yes, hi, Emmanuel. Everything is going well here. Uh, actually, there is a lot of snow, around uh, 30 centimeters or so. We are approaching a very warmer time now compared to the last two weeks, which we had very huge cold. But yeah, everything is going well. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Mina. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And I think that we could not kickstart this podcast in a better way than have uh, you three here to explain more about this course action. So in this sense, I want to start with a fundamental question, but one that maybe of many listeners who do not know our project yet. What is a cost action for you? Ilaria, do you want to start? Well, I think that the cost action is really a fantastic chance for networking, for sharing knowledge, for, for doing research and be updated about the topic you are interested in. And also, it's also a very good chance for publishing interesting pieces of research as we are doing. And nevertheless, it's important and it's a good chance for traveling I mean, before COVID, we started the traveling a bit and hopefully we will do it again. Making friends, finding opportunities also for the youngest researchers. How the idea of this project came out? Uh, I uh, worked on a project on new working spaces in uh, 2017-2018. This project uh, had been funded by the, my department, the Department of Architecture and Urban Studies, Polytechnic of Milan. And uh, once the project 
ended, uh, I thought about writing a proposal for a cost action on new working spaces, but this time focusing specifically on peripheral areas. Nevertheless, writing a proposal is not uh, the only thing you have to do. Uh, what is important is to uh, build a network to find researchers all around Europe that uh, would like to join cost proposal. Therefore, I invited people that I knew from the study period abroad that I did, like uh, in the Netherlands where I did my PhD or in the UK where I did my master. I invited the Dutch colleagues. I invited uh, researchers that I met since uh, 2000 when I started uh, uh, attending uh, conferences, like conferences like the European Regional Science Association or Regional Studies Association. And I have to say that Professor Ramon Frankel from Israel helped me a lot in finding colleagues from Central and Eastern uh, Europe, like uh, Pavel Bednar from Czech Republic, and that now is vice chair, Gregor Michel from Poland, and then all the other colleagues that I already knew because of conferences and uh, joint researchers like uh, yeah, Mina Di Marino, Patricia Melor, Jose Maria Rauso, Vasidis Advikos, Ignazi Capteviglia, and so on. And Pavel, uh, how was for you to be invited to participate in this project and how would you describe Coast Action Project for a listener that uh, never heard of it? So partly this issue regarding the history of my involvement in the project has been already provided by Ilaria. First meeting with such people who are dealing with co-working spaces and issues like that. But I think that it is great that we have a in the European Union of course and for the opportunities to travel abroad. There were totally different conditions before 1989 in former post-socialist countries that uh, we were not allowed to travel almost anywhere. So now, due to the European Union, it was a perfect opportunity to travel and, of course, to meet very interesting people. And, of course, people who could push much more further you as well as as a personally, but as well as uh, in regards to your professional career. In regards uh, to the second question, I think this is great because, of course, the Kels Action uh, provides you Perfect opportunities to uh, meet people, to enjoy people with uh, different uh, settings, specifically culture of diversity. And of course, sometimes it's challenging, but of course, it's a great experience for, I think, for everybody here. Yes, it is definitely a transformative experience, I guess. Mina, how did you become involved with the project and uh, what can you tell us about the meaning of a course action or what do you think that a course action is? Thank you for the questions. Actually, I remember that I was uh, having a coffee in front of the Faculty of Architecture in Milan and I was sitting with a colleague of mine and then Ilaria approached us and we were just discussing about this uh, beautiful, interesting research project and that uh, she was asking me if I could collaborate and also I remember Ilaria correct me if I'm wrong, that also we were deciding what would be the title for this course actually. Should it be Emerging Workplaces of New Working Spaces? We are considering both public and private or co-working. What are the forms of uh, new working spaces we have? So we decided to, to use this title, the New Working Spaces and so on. So I think it was a very nice conversation at that time. And then after that, uh, we helped uh, Emilaria in writing some part of the research project. Uh, but of course, uh, most of the work was um, in Ilaria's hands and her collaboration 
collaborators. Cost action for me represents a very large um, network, as we know, because it's supporting actually large European networks amongst academics, amongst several countries and so on. But um, the difference between the cost actions and other research projects in Europe is that um, cost action supports a lot of networkings, no? So traveling, as Ilaria mentioned, also networking with colleagues and then having a visiting research periods in other universities, for example. But of course, cost action is inclusive, is based on gender balance, is of course um, looking at excellence in research and also is based on other kind of, you know, other activities that we will discuss later on. So I think for us, it's a very great opportunity to work in a cost action. It sure is. You already told us a little bit about the story of how this cost action on new open spaces came up. But if you could tell us a little bit more of why a cost action on new open spaces, and then I will add to that why a cost action on the periphery. Uh, well, when I was uh, uh, when I was working on the project research project uh, funded by my department, the focus was on uh, new working spaces, mainly co-working working spaces and meter spaces in Italy. At that time, so to, it was uh, 2017-2018, this topic attracted the interest of researchers. The first papers were published. We also published a paper in 2017 about uh, co-working spaces in Milan. But the focus was more on urban areas than on peripheries. That's why uh, my uh, interest was also on the peripheries, also because a few co-working spaces were emerging in the peripheries. But this topic of new working spaces uh, since the beginning of uh, 2020 became more and more of interest because of the COVID-19 pandemic that has accelerated the attention on new working spaces, the interest in new working spaces, which uh, we can say that became a feasible option for remote workers that were forced to work at home. And as we read, uh, we have read in the newspaper, but still there are research on ongoing. The house, the home is not the best place to work because it can be small, it can be noisy, especially if there are children around. I mean, many people have experienced this. And it's not easy to find the concentration for working. So new working spaces are nowadays very, very studied and are also of the interest of the real estate uh, developers. This topic is just a timing, you know, so we, <laughs> when we started this project, uh, there was an interest on new working spaces. Now there is much more interest that uh, has been uh, pushed uh, by an exogenous uh, force that is the COVID-19 pandemic. Could you tell us or explain what are the main objectives of this course action? As Mina already said, and also Pavel, the cross-section enhances networking. So we don't have funds for research itself. We don't have funds for subsidizing, let's say, a researcher part, but we have funds for networking. So uh, we can fund uh, short-term scientific missions, meaning that younger researchers can go to another university, not there. They can uh, spend a period of time research in another university to develop, of course, one of the output of the cost 
section. We have uh, funds for uh, IPC grants, meaning inclusiveness target countries grants. So these grants uh, can be uh, given to people from Eastern Europe or Portugal and, uh, for instance, uh, Greece and, uh, and Turkey. So uh, these countries who attend conferences to pay, so to pay the fee, travel accommodation and so on. We have funds for virtual mobility so we can do research without traveling but virtually. We have funds for uh, training schools like the one we have organized in the last two years and uh, the one we are organizing this year again in Milan at Polytechnic of Milan. And then funds for, and then we also organize for instance special sessions where we can disseminate our papers, uh, a special session in, at international conferences. And also we also organize national and a one European workshop that allow to have a contact with the policymakers and the stakeholders because cost action is not only research among us, the uh, academic community, but it's very important to have uh, links uh, with the real world, let's say, especially because we are talking about co-working spaces. Also, managers of networks of the uh, co-working spaces and new working spaces are also part of the cost action. Of course, we are required to produce deliverables. Uh, each uh, uh, year we have to produce one, two deliverables about the topic, not the main goals of the cost action that can be either research reports or publication. It's better, of course, of publication in international journals that have to be written by at least two members belonging to two different countries. Now, this allows us to have participation, to show participation by yes, uh, and uh, these countries have to be either in the north, south and the center of Europe. So it's important not to keep the balance also. So a gender balance, geographical balance and the age balance also. It seems like a lot of activities that you have to plan and to manage. But what I would like to ask, and this go first to you, Elida, and also Pavel, is what are the main activities that uh, you do as the action chair and device action chair and how these activities are managed and structured by you? Well, uh, what we uh, try to do, of course, with the help of all the others and uh, <laughs> mainly also with the help of Mina Di Marino, communication manager, is to keep uh, the community alive. So we uh, use a dashboard in which we publish uh, information about new calls for rock conferences, for special uh, sessions. We try to involve the community in, uh, for instance, publications. So uh, uh, next year, an edited book written by myself, Mina Di Marino and Pavel Menner by Rutledge will be published. And this contains uh, several chapters written by the cost members. So we try to keep the community alive. And uh, of course, with all these uh, funds, different uh, typologies of uh, grants, we also ask people to participate. The first meeting was October 2019 in Brussels. The second meeting was February 2020 in Milan and we could meet face to face and then we had the pandemic. So what we have to do is to really push people to attend conferences, writing research, apply for the grants, write proposals for publication and, uh, and so on and so forth. 
But the jewelry side is a washer, so I'm very happy to collaborate with Ilaria because of course the rules, uh, specifically the costume was of course the washer. It's just also how to say right hand uh, of the future. So in this way, we usually collaborate on managing uh, managing budgets. Uh, as well as preparation of management meetings and other issues. So in this way, uh, I'm really happy to collaborate with IAM because it's pushing me, of course, to much more further on the guns to some manager management uh, activities as well as uh, some deal with such large projects as uh, this project is. And then Mina, you are the, the science communication manager of the Coast Action, right? So uh, you work uh, very closely to Ilada and Pavel. What is your, your role and your duties while managing this very important part of the Coast Action, which is communicating and disseminating, uh, letting the world know what uh, we do in the Coast Action? Actually, I'm uh, working on uh, the communication side, which means that for the dissemination, we have uh, another Wuji group, Wuji group four. Um, but of course, I'm working with them quite closely. But my first task is first of all to develop good internal communication among the members because we are more than 160 around the world and 35 countries. So internal communication means also making the Vuji leaders and the Vuji members aware of what's going on within the coast section. So Slack is our first platform for communicating and uh, of course I'm also responsible for the external communication which means using different kind of uh, channels so Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and also the website because Um, this European project is quite different from other European projects funded by Horizon 2020. They have been mainly focusing on dissemination, but this is the only project which also focuses on communication. So communication means also developing strategies for identifying ourselves with the scientific and societal debate. It means also branding our identity. So for example, we also have to communicate on um, different uh, kind of um, social medias, but also offline media. So newspapers and so on. But we need to brand ourselves at the local level, national level, European and international level. So I'm trying just to achieve this task, but it's not easy. Of course, it's not just by ourselves, but we have a lot of people collaborating with us. For example, in the communication team, we have young researchers, master student or PhD students who help us, but also uh, working with uh, um, Ilaria and Pavel and the other Buji leaders. This is make this is more possible, let's say that. Actually, I mean, While you're talking, you mentioned the VUGIs. And just to clarify, VUGIs are the working groups that uh, we have within the Coast Action. And there are four working groups. And uh, this is how the activities uh, of the project are conducted. So, Mina, perhaps if you want to explain a little bit to our listeners. I mean, we will have uh, episodes with the working group leaders. But uh, I think it would be great to give a, a little spoiler of the work that is conducted within the working groups. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, actually, in the coast section, we call them working groups, which are the equivalent of uh, working packages, let's say that. And uh, the first one is about glossary and taxonomy, which means that we are collecting the state of the art of about the new working spaces in Europe and outside Europe. But also we are working on the definition of new 
is basic typologies, geographical distribution, location of partners, and so on. And uh, we have almost finished the four deliverables which we had to complete. But of course, these deliverables are still open and the course members can still comment and give, uh, give their own feedback on that. That was a very huge task. Uh, uh, it was uh, uh, spread across two years of the project. The second working group is called ATLAS. And in that group, actually, we are discussing exchanging about the best practices of new working spaces across the 35 countries. But also we are looking at the direct and indirect effect, which means that we are looking at the workers' performance, but also at the urban socioeconomic environment impact. The third one is about toolbox. It's called a toolbox. It, it's about a policy. So the cost members who are involved in this uh, working package, they are discussing about the national uh, European policies, if they exist, of course. There might be direct or indirect measures that um, support the new working spaces, their own managers and users. As uh, Milania mentioned, due to the pandemic, actually, they, they, there has been a kind of acceleration or at least an awareness of new policies, new incentives, new measures that should be taken into this field. And then the working group for it, it's called dissemination. And uh, they work very much on uh, disseminating the main outcomes, scientific outcomes. And this means working on the um, scientific side of the course section. So through publications, every kind of uh, scientific publication, which should be peer reviewed. So book chapters, scientific articles, conference papers, and so on. But also we are working very much on the organization of conferences, but also special sessions, roundtables, and closed special sessions in many international conferences. So it's really a lot of work also for the UG4. Yes, it is indeed a lot of work that has been done since we are talking about deliverables and working getting done. Before we go, I have one one final question regarding the outcomes. Uh, we have deliverables, but we also have outcomes and this project is going to end in 2023, right? Yeah, right. And there has been already a lot of publications, more publications to come in specialized journals and books, uh, special sessions in Congress. Uh, even this podcast is also part of the activities uh, that we are developing to communicate disseminating results. But in a nutshell, what could you tell us about the main expectations the results that this course action is hoping to achieve by 2023 and uh, related to that what is your personal perspective on this course action and uh, unfolding or future endeavors uh, what what would be your perspectives on that as action chair vice action chair and also as scientific communication manager Bavel, do you want to start uh, thank you for this, for such question. So, of course, uh, for this issue, uh, we will need uh, to publish as, as much as possible papers in regards to that, in regards to science. First, is a priority for universities and specifically for research institutions. However, we need to consider that, of course, we have plenty of practice. And of course, uh, this uh, issue is just about to develop and disseminate our knowledge to among not only workers, but as well as among policymakers, because it's important in regards not only at the European level, but specifically in uh, a regional level or local level, because it was the, the same question as we have already heard it down, that we have the same experience with uh, creative industries, for example, in the Chugapa, saying that you need to uh, spend plenty of time to explain policymakers, uh, let's say creative industries now about co-working spaces, uh, you need to display them, their 
preferences they need and of course why we needed to uh, have it in our regional economy or why we needed to support them. So this is the primary question to discuss today's issues uh, and policymakers to have much more visibility of our project in regards to practitioners and uh, in regards to the future activities. So I think that we need to keep it uh, such network for future projects which uh, can deal with uh, some other specific issues uh, on co-working space and generally fab labs and something like this because of course there are some very different uh, very different kinds of uh, new working spaces here. I think it's a great opportunity to be just in such great progress of uh, co-working spaces in the European Union as the other world because of course that it could be considered as a new way of working for periphery uh, areas because uh, for example for us as uh, it is not only the trip periphery but as well as the European periphery for us it's a great opportunity how to keep peripheries because of course we don't like to lose creative class which uh, peripheral cities would say specifically to cut to the capitals so this is the reason why I think we need to support idea that of course we can collaborate uh, on such levels, not be part uh, or not be physically in a, in a such large space. Ilaria, do, do you agree with Pavel? Uh, what are your perspectives? Yes, yes, I agree with Pavel. And uh, um, in the next uh, grand period, we will uh, mainly focus on a working group uh, two. So best practices and the direct effects of new working spaces. And uh, on working group three, that is about uh, policy tools promoting new working spaces that has uh, uh, Mina Di Marino underlined uh, have been increased. Uh, I mean, uh, the, 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 the attention to these new working spaces uh, to host remote workers uh, has uh, increased, especially in uh, countries in Central and uh, Southern Europe. Of course, uh, the uh, working group four, so dissemination will uh, go, will be developed together with uh, communication because uh, this is a networking uh, project but we have uh, of course to uh, spread the knowledge to disseminate knowledge to communicate what we do and, uh, we should as also Pavel underlined uh, be able to discuss and uh, to uh, with the stakeholders with the policymakers. indeed uh, we have already uh, organized at the end of this year last month a national workshop and we will organize other national workshops and then also a, a European uh, workshop. We will try in the last uh, two years uh, to really achieve all the, the goals that we <laughs> promised in our, uh, in our project and hopefully we will be able to uh, carry out, for instance, face-to-face -face interviews, all things that were not uh, possible because of COVID-19. Yes, the pandemic is a very strange situation because at the same time that we had to stop it to meet in person, face-to-face -face and conduct interviews, it sparked a very new research subject, which is the hybrid work, the remote work and, and these new forms of organized labor. And I think that all of you uh, are very successful in managing uh, this pandemic in such a 
short notice. And Mina, what, what do you see as, as the future of this project in terms of the deliverables, in terms of continuing engaging people in the project and communicating the, the, the results and uh, doing all of that uh, while we still don't know when we're going to be able to meet again, everybody together. Uh, what are the, the challenges that you see uh, for the, the communication and also for the project? Yes, actually, we had, of course, to face several challenges, as Ilaria and Pavel mentioned before. And I really hope that we can meet sometimes face to face already next year in the spring. It will be nice. I think that uh, as a communication manager, I really working hard to further create a public awareness. I would like also to further promote the visibility of the cost action. So our result, our consortium, and also the research program itself. So we have tried to do that also with a EU cost officer. So usually we try to work very much at a different level of communication as well. So it's not just about us and Pavel mentioned between us, between the academics, but also amongst the cost action uh, research project, which are still ongoing, but also uh, working and networking with the EU cost officers. And because, for example, we are very inclusive, we are very gender balance. So I think it's very important uh, to let them know where we are positioned within the cost action network itself. Then, of course, my hope is also to encourage more and more our cost members to use the results, increasing the chances that the cost action research is making in terms of societal and scientific impact. Because uh, we don't have to forget that we are producing a lot of societal impact. And also we need to track those impact involving stakeholders and so on. And of course, creating a short, medium term uh, societal and scientific impact themselves, right? So it means that we need to work with a different strategies at different perspectives. So I have a lot of dreams, a lot of desires. So we have been uh, quite, uh, you know, solid. We have been establishing our activities uh, quite well, considering the feedback also that we receive from the cost members, and from the cost officers, and we will keep going. All right, everybody. For today, that's all. Sadly, we're coming to a closing, but it's been a pleasure. And I'm very, very happy about these first episodes of this new podcast and the new Walking Space podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we welcome Professor Ilara Mariotti, Associate Professor in the Department of Architecture and Urban Studies at Politecnico di Milano in Italy and Action Chair of this Coast Action. Thank you, Ilaria. Thank you. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you very much. Thank you again, Ilaria. And uh, also, we welcome Dr. Pavel Bednar. He is the head of the Department of Regional Development, Public Administration and Law at the Thomas Bath University in the Czech Republic. And he's also the Vice Action Chair of the school's action. Many thanks for sharing your thoughts with us today, Pavel. Thank you very much for it. And of course, um, my remark is just that this project is about to communicate, to meet people, to create knowledge, and of course, last but not least to help the world to be a better place for everybody to have an opportunity to work from everywhere yeah this is the my final remark there okay, yes thank you thank you and finally a uh, huge thanks to dr rina di marino associate professor of urban and regional planning at the norwegian university of life sciences in norway uh thank you mina for being uh, here with us today yes thank you manuel Thank you. Thank you very much for the kind invitation and organization of the podcast. Thank you again. In the next episodes, we will continue to present this Coast Action Project 
Now we're going to dive deep into the working groups. As I mentioned earlier, there are four working groups within this ghost action. And stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts on your favorite platform and also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter to hear more about this project. And of course, if you like this episode, share it with your peers and colleagues and make it work, okay?